Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. This is The Takeaway with MHP. From WNYC and PRX, in collaboration with GBH News in Boston. My child, Manuel Esteban Paez Teran, was killed here in Atlanta on the 18th of January 2023. We still do not know anything. I was, it was killed our most beloved family member and the most caring person that any group group of people could have and there is only silence. You're listening here to Belkis Tehran, the mother of Manuel Esteban Pais Tehran, a young indigenous Venezuelan activist who was known by friends and fellow activists as Tortuguita. In January, they were killed by police during a law enforcement raid of the peaceful encampment of forest defenders. These are, of course, social and environmental justice advocates who are part of a broad coalition resisting the proposed 85-acre, $90 million public safety facility training center known as Cop City. Manuel loved the forest, gave them peace. They meditate there. The forest connect them with God. Initially, official reports claimed that police fired on Tortuguita after they refused to follow one officer's directions and fired on another officer. But last week, an autopsy report conducted by the DeKalb Medical Examiner's Office found no gun residue on the activist's hands. Now, back in March, the takeaway talked with some people who had known Tortuguitu, and they offered their memories. I, I knew Tort, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They used to uh, tend the fire uh, a lot, um, so we would hang around the fire. They were very involved in the movement. Every time I saw them, they were like dressed in camo, they had the canteen, always fetching wood. Last Sunday would have been their 27th birthday. My name is Matt Scott. I'm a member of the Atlanta Community Press Collective. The Atlanta Community Press Collective is a nonprofit media collective in Atlanta. And we talked with Matt about the latest developments surrounding Cop City and the lingering questions about police violence against resistors. There have been now two autopsies released. There was an independent autopsy performed uh, by a medical examiner picked by the family's lawyers, and that was released uh, back in March. Uh, and that found that there was no evidence of gunshot residue on the hands of Manuel uh, Paez Turan, or Tortuguita, as protesters called them. Uh, and then last week, the results of the first uh, autopsy that was conducted by the DeKalb County Medical Examiner's Office were released. Uh, and those results also said that there was no evidence of gunshot residue found on the hands of Tortuguita. Um, uh, it, it does mention upon visual inspection. Um, it does not specify whether 
the medical examiner went to any further steps themselves. It does say that uh, the medical examiner did a gunshot residue test kit and sent that to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation uh, to to actually have the test run. And remind us why that matters, because this comes into direct conflict with what police said in the context of their shooting and killing. Yeah, so the uh, police narrative kind of changed just a little bit over the course of the first 24 hours, but the narrative uh, ended up being that uh, Tort fired uh, or was not responsive to officer commands and fired uh, from their tent at officers striking and injuring one and being killed in return gunfire. And protesters have maintained uh, pretty adamantly that that does not line up with their experience or expectation of Tortuguita. And then a little while later, uh, the city of Atlanta released some body camera footage. Uh, and when they released that ACPC uh, caught a clip that uh, had an officer essentially say that that officer believed that GSP had shot their own guy. How is the community of activists and resistors to Cop City feeling, doing thinking in this moment, given these developments? There was definitely an outpouring of, uh, I would say, anger and and a little bit of a little bit of joy and confirmation uh, that their suspicions were proved correct last week. Um, of course. There was a report uh, that came out yesterday, uh, the GSR test kit report that says that there were there was evidence of gunshot residue on uh, Tortuguita's hands. However, that residue could have come from the actual bullet wounds to the hands themselves. But the news sparked a series of protests, and this past weekend, actually on Sunday, would have been Tortuguita's 27th birthday. So there were protests throughout the city. There were events. Uh, panels, teach-ins um, throughout the city over the weekend. And then uh, actually starting yesterday, uh, students at campuses across Metro Atlanta engaged in sort of a unified protest at their own campuses. Uh, and two of those uh, student protests, one at Georgia Tech and one at Emory, actually engaged in overnight occupations. Uh, the Emory occupation was broken up by police at around two in the morning and the Georgia Tech occupation continued throughout the night and they are facing increased harassment as, as the morning goes along today. I know that earlier this week you attended a city council subcommittee meeting about this, um, about the proposed um, cop city. Can you, are there key takeaways we should know about? Yeah, so the Public Safety Legal Administration Subcommittee uh, meets on a biweekly basis. Uh, so their meetings are Monday afternoons. Um, they are the committee that has direct purview over uh, anything related to the Public Safety Training Center or Cop City. Um, they typically do not talk about it. It is uh, not a subject that they want to engage in if they can avoid it. City Council likes to say that this is already a done deal and all they can do is try to improve it. So it, it's not an often uh, it's not often a topic of conversation. However, during public comment yesterday, uh, many of the public commenters uh, were there to speak against Cop City um, from a variety of perspectives. Some, you know, um, said that they like police and they they want police, but you know, this project is militarized and doesn't need to go there. Others were more abolitionist in bent and were against, uh, you know, police in general. But most of these comments were were anti-cop city. 
Um, there were a couple interesting uh, Cop City developments in that meeting. Um, uh, last Monday, uh, Council Member Liliana Boxiari introduced a paper that is, uh, papers are how legislation uh, begins in, in City Council. Uh, so Boxiari introduced a paper um, that would request uh, and, and simply request because the city of Atlanta cannot make this order, uh, request that Georgia State Patrol and the Georgia Bureau of Investigations be mandated to wear body cameras uh, anytime that they are operating. Um, that is important. Uh, the SWAT team that killed Tortuguita was a Georgia State Patrol SWAT team, and they are not required to wear body cameras. So there is no body camera footage of the incident, uh, or direct body cam footage, I should say, of the incident. Um, now, protesters with the Cop City movement would certainly want uh, or not want the takeaway to be that police need more body cameras. Mm -hmm. However, this is a fairly common uh, elected official uh, stance that, you know, more body cameras are always a good thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, the paper moved from the full council into the PSLA subcommittee yesterday, uh, where it was brought to vote. And uh, the council person Bakhtiari or council member Bakhtiari is not a member of this subcommittee. However, they did come to the meeting so that they could uh, talk about this uh, particular piece of legislation. When it went to vote, uh, three of the members abstained from voting. And this is pretty atypical. Um, usually, you know, bills like this move through uh, unanimously, maybe have one no vote if it's uh, maybe a little uh, off the cuff. But for three abstentions to happen uh, is an indication that something else is at play here, kind of behind the scenes. Uh, possibly some pressure from elected officials uh, on the executive side of things, maybe the mayor or maybe the governor, but uh, it was unexpected. Uh, however, the other three individuals who were there voted yes. So the legislation will move on to full council uh, this upcoming Monday, um, but we'll have to see how it uh, progresses there. All right, stay right there. We're going to have more of our update on Cop City when we return. It's The Takeaway. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. Of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts. Since the start of this year, we've been following developments about the proposed cop city in Atlanta, Georgia. In recent months, 42 people have been arrested and are facing charges of domestic terrorism for their role in resisting this planned development. Right now, we're still with Matt Scott from the Atlanta Community Press Collective. At this point, there are six protesters who are still being held in uh, two separate uh, counties on charges of domestic terrorism. 
the three protesters who were being held in Fulton County had been arrested at a protest following the killing of Tortiquita back in January. Uh, so they have been held for 90 days. There is a project that was created uh, during the COVID era called Project Orca um, that stipulates that once you have been held for 90 days, you are uh, to receive a second bond hearing. So this was their Orca bond hearing that uh, they would have attended yesterday. However, uh, lawyers for the state and defense attorneys um, came to a con consent agreement to grant bonds to all three of these individuals. Uh, two were granted $25,000 bonds and one was granted a $125,000 bond. Um, so they're able to be bonded out um, at this point uh, as soon as the paperwork goes through and that can be a lengthy process. Um, so those three individuals and the three individuals in DeKalb County Jail all have preliminary hearings on May 3rd. Um, and this will be something that we'll watch. This is the first time that the state will have to present evidence against any of the domestic terrorism defendants. Uh, so both of the preliminary hearings uh, for both counties are going to happen at the same time. So there will be a, a lot of coverage coming out that day. Um, but the state is trying to move the DeCab hearings to an in-person only hearing and not have them streamed, which will cut off public access uh, to these hearings and is causing a bit of an uproar, um, you know, in the activist community here. I'm wondering what the message out of the continuing resistance to Cop City and then the pushback against that by city officials and by policing. What are the messages to um, students of abolition, to um, the contemporary struggles against these kinds of developments and investments in policing? What, what are people supposedly learning from this moment? Yeah, so this I, I would say is a perfect example of an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. Um, every time that the state pushes back, protesters, you know, come out harder. Um, so it, it does not seem like either side is willing to step down at this point. And I, I cannot see protesters giving up this fight, no matter how far into this construction, uh, the project itself, uh, gets and the project has started clear cutting at this point. And that is, you know, a large cause for concern amongst the protesters. But what we're learning is that. You know, every time protesters do something like engage in property destruction or sabotage uh, equipment, the state comes back and says, you know, we want peaceful protests. We will accept peaceful protests. And so the focus really for the last month and a half has been these so-called peaceful protests. Um, and of course, they have always been disrupted or broken up by police, uh, as we've seen, you know, with the student protests that are happening at uh, college campuses and the occupations at Emory and Georgia Tech uh, last night, you know, these were peaceful protesters. They were simply sleeping or setting up tents in the uh, campus quad. And a uh, Atlanta Police Department and uh, Emory Police Department came in a large show of force, an intimidating show of force, uh, to to try to quell these protesters. So. While they say, you know, they want peaceful protest, what they really want is for their power not to be challenged. Matt Scott of the Atlanta Community Press Collective. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. 
You can catch up on all of our coverage of Cop City on our website and our podcast. It's The Takeaway. 